0: PGA Nation, we are back, and we are back with a big week. I am so excited. I promised you we'd have a rebranding. It is official. Welcome to the PGA DraftCat, powered by Wind Daily Sports. We've done it, and we couldn't do it without you guys, not just picking the name. Obviously, you guys are a big part of the draft. It's been a ton of fun, and we're looking forward to expanding this even further as we go. Um, You saw on Twitter, we have a new logo. It's super exciting. Uh, Sia, talk to me. What do you think?
1: I think this is awesome. I think we're doing something that nobody else is doing, which is cool, but it's also cool when we've already experimented with it and we know it's fun and we know that the audience loves it too. So I love incorporating the audience, kind of holding them accountable for their picks. You know, I entered their team last week um, on DraftKings in one of those $5 tournaments. Frankly, I can't remember how it did. I know the only one that was really contending, I think, was, was Spencer's last week. But um, it's just super fun to kind of like have that in there and have the audience like literally pick a team or at least be a part of this whole process. The logo was great. We're going to have some special guests over the next few weeks um that just are very well known in this industry, and uh, they're going to kind of contribute to drafting some teams too. Maybe we'll go five wide so the audience still drafts a team, but we've got you know the special guest in us three. We're gonna have some giveaways next week too. I'm personally going to give some things away just from my own Venmo account, just sponsor a couple entries. I know Jason has already said uh, uh, that we can give out some three month gold memberships, which is pretty cool. So definitely stick with us, uh, you know, forever, but definitely the next few weeks because. We're going to have some giveaways. We're going to have some special guests. And we're going to have some fun with our format. And by the way, for those of you that are confused, the first round leaders, the outrights, the model breakdown from Spencer, none of that goes away. It's all still here. We're just drafting guys. We're making it way more fun. And for the record, I know I've personally hit three first round leaders over the last five tournaments. I'm pretty sure Spencer or Joel, you've hit one or two. I know I've also hit an outright. So we're on the type of streak that is so unbelievable that a lot of people are probably like, yeah, don't care about the draft cast. Just get to the first round leaders in the outrights because that's like, and so it's not sustainable, but we'll get there. We'll Wait, get no, no. It's, it's both
0: because not to toot our own horn, but I'm absolutely going to toot our own horn. Spencer had the first pick in the draft cast last week and just took the winner of the tournament. So if that's any indication to how these drafts are going, uh, that'll take, and I'll be honest with you guys, like look back at what, what we've been doing. We have been nailing. The leaderboard in these drafts mm-hmm. so typically the top uh six golfers the top 10 golfers have been drafted on this show each of the last couple tournaments so listen i, I can't promise that's going to happen every week but i also can't promise it won't so you gotta <laughs> tune in you watch the draft and you keep finding sense. but before we move on um z has been on fire i mean to hit the number of first round leaders that he's been hitting at the consistency that he has been Is truly unbelievable. And it's just time to ride that wave, get on that heater, keep getting those bankrolls growing. And let's not forget, we do also feature the finalist and soon to be Golf Writer of the Year. Spence, talk to us. What do you think?
2: Well, you know, I've said this a million times on different podcasts or in writing and in different ventures, but anything that I do, I want it to be unique and I want it to be different. And I want to do things that not everybody else in the industry is doing. So for us and the three of us to put together this show, and I will be honest, this wasn't my idea. This is, uh, you know, I think Joel was the first one that came up to it and then, and um, I I love it. Like this is something that nobody's doing in the industry. So I'm honored to be a part of this. It's really fun to compete against the audience every single week. Like Sia said, there's accountability from everybody from the picks. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you just took like the 24 players that we've had and you put them into a player pool, We've been very close to the nuts almost every single week. So just taking those players and running it that way, I think you would have found a lot of success. And my lineup last week was on fire. If I would have had Martin layered in my lineup, I think it would have been a top 100 uh, lineup out of 47,000 entries there. So unfortunately, Cameron Davis ended up putting a little bit of a halt in that with it, but I still think it came in the top thousand and um, it had Gooch and obviously Scheffler who won and Xander and Fitzpatrick and Mitchell, like all those guys came in the top 20 of that tournament. So it's been a lot of fun doing this and I just look forward to continuing it.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. It's going to get more fun. We we just started, right? This wasn't something we've been planning out. We started it. It worked. We're going to expand on it. We're going to make it better. Keep tuning in. Before we dive into this week, I'm going to take a quick pause and ask everyone to do us a quick favor. Go ahead. Hit the like button on YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter. It really, like, if you're getting value out of the content we're providing, you like the show, it goes a long way to help us expand it, make it better for you guys. So we'll give everyone a minute. Go ahead, do that. Hit the like button. Follow us. Uh, it's really helpful. But while you do that, we have an exciting week of golf ahead of us here, right? Not just are we having a fun draft, but this is going to be a great tournament. The Genesis Invitational, uh, you know, even though it's not a major by any means, DraftKings is playing it almost like a major. You have the biggest tournaments that DraftKings provides this week. Um, You have a field that is loaded this week. It's going to be a ton of fun. And, of course, we are going, going back, back to Cali. So we're staying in California. The end of the stretch. We're at the Riviera.
2: Spence, you want to kick us off? Give us the course breakdown. Yeah, I will keep this very short today. I I mean, I think that anybody who – is into golf. Like Riviera Country Club is one of the pristine venues that we get to play or we get to see yearly on tour. It's a demanding course that tests all facets of the game. And we see that with various risk reward holes and dog legs that move in both directions. The fairways are tight. The course is tree-lined. But both of those factors um, are emphasized that you need to stay in the short grass. This is one of two properties all year, Torrey Pines being the other, where we get Kakuya Rough Takuya is an extremely sticky surface that can be tough to judge distance control. And we see that fact accentuated with greens that are blazing fast and hard to stop your ball when coming from the wrong angle. That's one of the reasons we have an 8% decrease in GIR percentage over a random location, but we also get 72.8% of irons coming from 150 yards and beyond that is 12% increase over expectation level. So from a model perspective, and I do want to note I have course history again this week, weighted in this like I did last week and even the week before. Uh, the one difference that I will say is I think course history goes a long way here just because you need to know the venue and you need to know where you can miss. Uh, so 25% of my weight was there, uh, 25% on current form, which is just from the 2022 season, and then 50% from the statistical data that I'm about to run through right now. But uh, from a statistical sense, I started with weighted T to green for 25%. This is essentially a course-specific recalculation that's going to emphasize more importance on around the green and a re-weighted approach breakdown. That looks specifically at iron play from 150 yards and beyond. I did weighted fast POA for 15%. Putting is going to matter here, or at least the ability to putt on fast POA is going to matter. Uh, that has a little strokes gain data into it also with on um, um, fast POA greens. I did strokes gain total at difficult courses with hard-to-hit fairways for 12.5%. I believe this is a relatively straightforward category. Driving accuracy is 7% below average at Riviera Country Club, and only 12 golfers have broken into being double digit under par at the event's conclusion over the last four years. It's a very difficult course. I have weighted par four for 15%. Um, that is going to be proximity from 150 yards and beyond. That's going to take some of the scoring averages from 450 to 500 yards, and it's also going to look at bogey avoidance. I did par five birdie or better for 12 and a half percent. Consider this to be about the lowest you will see from me on a par five scoring category in my model. You lose one of the holes with this being a par 71. And we also have the par five first grading as the easiest hole on the course with over a 65% birdie or better rate. Um, The other two are more difficult. You're going to need to score there, but there's only three. One is essentially a gimme that if you don't get it. And we've seen it in the past where, You know, a guy like Tony Finau found himself in contention, and I want to say he parred that hole almost every single day over, like, all four days of playing it. So, you know, you're going to need to score if you want to win. But then uh, I have weighted short game for 12.5%. That's a little bit more of around the green, a little bit more fast putting into the equation. And then I included some putting from 5 to 10 feet and three-putt avoidance. And then I wrapped it up with sand safe percentage for 7.5%. There
0: it is, folks. That is is a... Thorough breakdown of this course. So take that. You might want to rewind that back, listen back, but that's the best way to get a break on you know what guys to target based on actual data and metrics and you know how to handicap this tournament. With that being said, what are we all here for? We're here for the draft and we're gonna get right into it. We're not gonna waste any time this week. We're gonna get things going. Um Spencer won last week with a pretty impressive draft, so he got to pick the order. Um, and so the order got, that got selected. I'm going to share my screen now, so everyone can see it. Hold on.
1: Hey, and while he's doing that, Spencer, I have a question for you. So, um, for you know, sometimes when you're doing your model breakdown, I got to admit, like like I go off into la la land because it's just like so detailed. So I just want to ask you. I want to simplify it really quick. For me, because I think GIR is going to be so low relative to, to your standard course around the green game is like a pretty big emphasis for me. And I don't want to say I'm just like knocking people out if they're bad around the green, but it is a pretty big X in the depart in their department. If they're not at least maybe in the top half of the field of this 119 person field in that category. Um, You sh- do you share that, that outlook? And and if so, or, or if
2: not, why? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's a lot of that goes into the weighted tee to green that I built. So when I weight those T to green categories, I don't want to just take the generic, you know, numbers you get from strokes gain T to green, because that's from any random course that you're going to play. Like I want to rebuild it to be specific for the venue that we're playing. And I accentuated that fact by adding in a whole ton of around the green. And then I went back again from the short game statistics and added in more around the green that way. So uh, this is about as much around the green that I've run. Um, You know, I think there's certain guys and, uh, we can get into them more as the tournament goes on, but I agree with you. Like if you're not good around the green, I think you run a problem to where you're either going to have to be really good with the irons or, I mean, I guess you're going to have to be really good with the irons is what it's going to come down to. Because if you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to uh, salvage par in some of these opportunities because everybody's going to miss the green. So give me the guys that are the best at uh, when they do miss. I'll, sure
0: enough. I'll add some
2: color to that. I, I have a
0: similar kind of take in that, the one thing that I pretty good conviction on is that you're going to need to be pretty strong with your long irons here. Uh, mm-hmm. And with that being said, you're inevitably going to miss with those long irons sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when you miss, you're on the green, right? And so I think there's just going to be consistently more of those shots this week because you're not going to be seeing as much, you know, 130 in, 120 in. And so because of that, I think uh, I've weighted it a lot higher as well, thinking, you know, those shots are just going to
2: come up more often. The other thing you- to add to that really quickly. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. go ahead. uh, It's, you know, you have Kakuya rough here and that Kakuya rough is really sticky. So I think if you can know where to miss, that's going to be important. And when you're playing out of the rough and with these greens being lightning fast, it's hard to stop your ball on the putting surface. So when you add like those two things to the equation, what Joel just mentioned of it being a bunch of long irons coming in, you're not going to find guys that are able to stick the green as often as they would when the, you know, the green's really soft or, you know, it's a little bit, this is a dried out surface. It's going to be fast. And I think for all those reasons, like around the green is going to be super important.
1: Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, real quick, Joel, before we get started, we have so many people in the chat that I just want to acknowledge. First of all, Jason Mizrahi is in the chat, the the leader here at Wynn Sports, president, CEO, whatever you want to call him. He is all of those things. He says, what's up to Charlie? Charlie, thank you for being in the chat. We have Jesse in the chat. We have Courtney in the chat. Uh, Charlie's in the chat. Model Maniac is in the chat. Zach we have Steven, Isaiah from our Wind Daily Sports PGA team, among other sports that they do. Chris, Farmer John is back in the chat. Ivan, I'm probably leaving a couple people out, but... Thank you for being here. For those of you that missed it, we are doing some giveaways and we, we are having some special special guests over the next few weeks, kind of during that Florida swing. Model Maniac is definitely going to be one of those guests as well. So uh giveaways, uh free memberships, gold memberships, things of that nature. So definitely make sure you're back here over the next few weeks uh for all of that stuff. All right, that's sorry, sorry for all that precatory stuff, Joel. Let's get started. I love it, I love it. Well, here we are, it's draft time, baby. We are excited
0: uh spencer like we said he won he chose the order and he chose to go back to the first pick listen last week he got the first pick he picked the winner of the tournament hard to argue that decision (laughs) it's probably gonna do that again pretty good pick that's a pretty good pick uh the audience you're picking second and i already saw you made some nominations i think your picks actually already been made unless spencer takes them so uh i love being ahead of it keep doing that keeps the, the draft moving c is gonna pick third and uh i'm gonna pick last so Spencer, without further ado, you're on the clock. Yes,
2: yeah, so I am a man of the people. I put the audience right behind me there. So I wanted to have the number one pick. And I don't think that the person I'm taking is, I think I could have taken the fourth pick with this and, and gotten him also. And I think there's ways to do it. But uh, the number one pick is fun to have. And, and I like making this pick out of the number one slot here. So uh, I'm not going to go in the route that I think most people would expect me to go. And I think a lot of times I don't go in the routes that people expect me to go with it. But uh, there's a lot of different options. Um, I don't want to give too much away of players that I considered. But, you know, there's a lot of ownership near the top here. I think that we're going to see that these boards play out in a very specific way for all of us here. But there was one guy in particular, and this is the first time since the players championship last year, that a golfer graded number one for me. In my model, in a tournament that John Rahm was in, that wasn't John Rahm from an upside statistical perspective. So uh, I'm going to avoid saying who the other person is right now because I don't want to give anything else away because I don't want to start naming names that I might want later on in this. But uh, for this particular scenario right now, Xander Shoffley is going to be my pick at $9,900. And I... Would not be shocked if he ends up winning this tournament this week. He was brilliant at the waste management. Nothing went in for him the whole weekend. Like I understand, like I could have taken Dustin Johnson here. I didn't want to start with an 18% owned golfer and start my build off that way. I thought there was a very good scenario with Xander here. Sure, he's going to be popular about 15% owned right now. But I think it opens up a lot of contrarian routes for me to take later on. And Xander is my preferred player from an upside perspective. So with this this being the second time it's happened that John Rom's is not number one for me and the other time it produced the winner in the tournament, I'm going to trust my model this week and take Xander.
1: You know what happened there, Joel? Do you know what happened? Yeah. It's It wasn't even subtle in my opinion. So I mentioned special guests and Spencer, for the sake of the show, he thought to himself, well, Andy Lack would be a good guest. And he knows that Andy Lack's best favorite, most favorite golfer, whatever I can put there, is Xander Schauffele. So smooth move, Spencer. You probably just locked in Andy Lack for one of the guests uh, for our show over the next few weeks. So I appreciate you taking one for the team uh, on that.
2: I'm all about promotion of the show.
0: Well, you tell you what, you do a good job promoting it when you draft the winner of the tournament with the first pick. So you keep doing that, and then, you know, the pieces will follow. But, but good pick. Um, I like the reason the audience is on the clock, but the audience pick, which, you know, I got to give credit to the audience. The audience did a spectacular wow. job. Yeah. nominations and seconding. Your pick was already in and solidified before the show really started. And you guys took DJ, and that's a great pick. Um, DJ has a great history here um and i think you know i agree i think he did for as talented as dj is it seems like he's it's time for him to show up and this feels like a a perfect spot for him to do it what do you guys think about the audience pick yeah i mean
2: mean, go
1: ahead go ahead spencer
2: no i i like the pick i mean as i said i didn't want to start necessarily with an 18 to 25 and i think he will be more than that in a lot of contests this week but there's nothing negative to say about dustin at this course like him and riviera go hand in hand it's his I would assume, I don't know if I've ever heard him say it before, but I would assume if you asked him, he would say this is his favorite course on tour. We see it every single year with the way he produces and performs. So um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think that I mean $10,200 is a good price tag. He's fourth overall for me in my model, third from a safety perspective. It's not much to dislike about him, which is obviously a good start to a pick when you can't say too many negatives other than the ownership, which isn't that drastic to begin with.
0: I would agree with you. The the only negative to me is the ownership. It is a little high for for DJ, considering there's guys I think are in better form that are lower owned in a similar tier. Uh, But I I certainly think DJ is going to compete this week. With that being said, how about you? What do you think?
1: I just think the chat is just so perfectly involved here, because here comes Isaiah swooping in with some strategy. We can get Cam on the rebound, as I agree, but gotta go DJ. And I'm thinking to myself, well, by the way, I do like Cam Smith. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe you don't get him on the rebound. So (laughs) we got a couple seconds for, uh, for Cam. So whatever. We'll we'll try to pretend we didn't see these things. I want everybody to roll in with their picks, but I think that's super interesting. I am not going to take Cam here. Um, By the way, I think the DJ pick is fine. He's obviously, you know, if you're emphasizing course history, he's going to be one of a handful of guys that uh, really grades out super well here. Speaking of grading out super well, just from a metric standpoint, but also from a course history standpoint, Taylor Gooch I mean, he's doing everything. And I understand most people want to start at top, you know, 10,000, 9,000. Believe me, there's plenty of guys up there that I like that I can take later on. I don't have to take them with my first pick here. I just think the value on Taylor Gooch, much like last week where he was 7, 800, eight hundred, he's 8,000 this week. His around the green game has been excellent. The proximities that we have been talking about with the long irons have been excellent. The approach game has been very good. Like He is doing everything right that I would want in a golfer on this track. Oh, and by the way, he has good course history here. So I'm just going to go ahead and steal some value off the board before I go uh, on the upper end. Give me Taylor Gooch.
2: Yeah. And like from a game theory perspective, if we're just looking at this of us four competing against each other, like, you know, I started with a $9,900 golfer, Uh, the audience with with Dustin Johnson at $10,200. So you kind of jump everybody else that would be considering Taylor Gooch and you grab him and you lock him up. And a lot of those guys that you mentioned, and I'm sure you have more than one that you're willing to consider this week near the top if you're going to do something like that. But you keep your board open and you kind of uh, lock up the guy of value to begin with. So I think from a strategy standpoint, it makes a lot of sense.
0: For sure. Fair enough. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm gonna go completely rogue here with my picks. I love it. I'm going. I'm doing something a little off brand, a little, a little different. I'm taking the two best players.
2: I'm going wow. to go straight
0: Rom and Cantley. That's it. And we're gonna figure out the rest as we go. Wow. Ooh, and Rom and Cantley. One two. Oh, what does that leave you with? I'm about to say just under seven K average. I think I can build the rest of my roster with that.
1: Actually, that's not bad. I thought it was gonna be worse than that because I hadn't put those two together yet. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's, contru- it's
2: a contrarian way to go to play the two best guys in the field. It's a unique way to try to do it.
1: And they are clearly the two best guys in the field, in my opinion. I i I really, I think there's a big gap between those two guys and everybody else.
2: Well,
0: let's see if I can build a competitive roster to fill out the next four. But, you know, I, I think I was starting with two strong ones, and I just got to make sure I can find some consistency on the, on the back end.
1: Wow. Okay, so that's very interesting. So... Uh... I, I feel like I know what the audience is going to do with their pick based on how they've spoken. I like the guy that they like a lot as well. Um, but there's another guy I really like. So I'm debating between the two. Do I want to give the audience what they want or do I want to grab this guy? And I think I'm just going to go ahead and grab this guy. Sorry, audience. But See, I'm going cam... is... to I'm, I'm a... go ahead.
2: This is the difference between C and I. I make sure that the audience gets the best pick that like, that I'm not going to be taking. Sia just jacks the pick from everybody. Well, that's
1: true. That's true. But in my defense, I probably was going to pick him anyway. And I'd love to see where the audience pivots. Like this is like classic draft stuff. It's like, oh man, they took my guy. Okay, what's my backup plan? What's my plan B? So let's take Cameron Smith off the board. And what does the audience do now?
2: I love the pick. I just want to throw that out there. Like forgetting, I don't like... I think it shows that everybody was kind of on the same thing here, but uh, Cameron Smith is one of the better plays and one of the better values in this tournament this week.
0: And, you <laughs> know, I feel bad for the audience here. Yeah, that's good strategic drafting. That's all that is.
1: <laughs> so did, did Fitzpatrick win here? What happened? I don't think, I, I think Fitzpatrick is, is the guy who just got drafted.
0: Let's see, is that confirmed? I uh it's hard to see when the first nomination was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, it was a question, but it wasn't really a nomination from Jesse. I won't say the name. And then we got a and then we got a couple. Oh, wait. No, you know what? Rory. It's Rory. It could yeah. be Rory. Rory McElroy. That by the way, that's who I was deciding between. It was Cam Smith and Rory McElroy. So I knew I wasn't getting. So I went with the cheaper guy. I love Roy McElroy. I actually have him in my my one and done with the first cut team. So, I oh no, I don't. But but he, he I have somebody else actually. But um, I really like Roy. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups.
0: And I, I like to add a little controversy to the pick. There is some controversy here because technically, you know, someone asked if we went Roy, which really doesn't count. And then someone else said Fitz is nice, which isn't really a nomination, which would have made those the pick. But I think of the official nominations, it's Roy. So we're gonna go with that.
1: Yeah, but even before that, Courtney had said Rory or Hideki. Does that count as a nomination? I'm it's counting so
0: Rory things. or Hideki as the first nomination and then the second Rory from... Oh, wait, that
1: is from Courtney. Wait a oh, minute. yeah, they're both from Courtney. Frankie is
0: the second Rory. And then the fifth is
1: yeah. nice. I don't think that's enough. To be Isaiah went with Rory as well. So, yeah, yeah Rory for Rory, Rory. Well. All right, so Spencer, it's back to you for back-to-back picks now.
2: I, I will say this. I think every pick... And you would expect this. I mean, we're only doing a four-person draft, but there are weeks where I don't necessarily agree with some of the picks that have been made. I think all seven picks that have come off the board so far are surely in play in, in any, you know player pool that you're trying to build this week. So I like everybody's team. Dustin and Rory is a really strong build. Raman Cantley is a strong build. I like where C is going from a, a contrarian perspective here. I'm curious to see how he ends up wrapping this up uh, to make this work at this point. So am
1: I, so am I. To be honest, Spencer, I didn't expect Joel to do what he did. And frankly, I didn't think people were going Rory this early. I thought I was going to get Rory on the rebound, like when, before this thing even started. So I thought I was going to have a team of Rory and, cam smith taylor gooch and then i go from there i might avoid the 10k range altogether with that type of setup but obviously i don't get to do that anymore
2: yeah i, I think it's I, i'm curious oh god it kind of changes my game plan of what i'm going to do now too because i was you know i would have liked dustin to fall i knew he wasn't going to i would have liked rory or cam smith to fall and i think those were two guys that are certainly in play um with my first selection here I am going to take Seamus power at $7,500. And so here's what I like about Seamus a lot is we have this thing right now where the general uh, um, thought around thoughts around him would be that he missed the cut last week. He imploded at Pebble beach in front of the world of the golf world, watching that. So a lot of people are down on him and I think he got mispriced for that reason. Um, when we look at the miscut that he suffered at the waste management, that was a tournament that he gained in all facets of his game. And he lost with the flat stick with over two shots there. I think if he's the putter is decent, he makes the cut there. This is still a player that's made 15 of 19 top 31 finishes in his last 19 tournaments. So I think this is a guy that's going to provide me some safety and some upside at this um, price tag of 7,500. And so The second one is going to be what's difficult for me because now Sia and I might be stuck in the same range of certain players. I don't know exactly where Sia is going to go with it, but.
1: (sighs) Well, first of all, I I love the Seamus power pick. I think he's, he's getting overlooked in a really big way because of what's sort of transpired over the last tournament and a half. And at 7,500, the way he has been ball striking predominantly. uh, I mean, he just, he's such a good value in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, obviously. I took him, but uh, uh, I don't know what to do with this second pick now. Um, I don't. I assume Sia has one of two guys that he would be considering in this spot. I don't know which route he's going to go. And I'm going to change my game plan with how, I guess, near the top we're going on these picks here. And I'll worry about it on the bottom end. Uh, I am going to lock up another $10,000 player and kind of... Ty see his hands a little bit, depending on what he decides to do here, but uh, it's probably not going to be the one you're going to take. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but I'm going to take Justin Thomas at 10,700. And what I like about Thomas is he is number one in my model from a course specific standpoint. The only thing missing from his game right now is he is just not making any putts. I think if some putts start dropping from him, we get a completely different outlook of his game. And, you know, he's missed the cut back to back years in this tournament but two top tens before that. So I think Thomas has win equity here. Obviously, I mean, he's one of the top guys, but I think he potentially might have the best win equity of anybody in this field. And I'm even including John Rom in that mix here. And I know that's going to be a contrarian point of view with that, but I really like Justin Thomas. I just want to make sure that I land him and uh, don't end up losing him to see uh.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't gonna take him. He was kind of on my radar, but I but I wasn't gonna take him. Ultimately, there's another guy in a similar range that I like.
2: Well, then I might have made a mistake based off of that, and I, <laughs> we'll we'll see who ends up falling to me. I mean, as of right now, the board has gone fine, but you never know.
0: Well, the audience is on the clock, and it looks like they're making they have some traction here. Um, Molinari's been mentioned. Rye.
1: So yeah, if if it's on your pick, and I don't know when the Molinari question mark thing happened, but I, know. I don't know if that's an actual nomination. Probably not. I think no,
0: I think
1: might I think be Alex Noren.
0: I think Noren's the right the pick. I think yeah. that's the most traction. So Alex Noren, audience pick. He's been playing well, and he does tend to play be streaky. He's someone that tends to you know go on spurts where you know he'll play well for a few tournaments in a row. I, I like that pick. What do you guys think?
2: Noren wasn't a guy I was going to be on this week. I mean, I don't have a massive viewpoint one way or another with it. I mean, there's other people in the range I like a little bit more than Noren this week, but uh, 43rd in my model. So he's kind of, you know, priced about where he should be. I actually like
1: Norn. I find him to be, and I've said this plenty of times before, I find him to be kind of like a poor man's Cam Smith, not a guy that's ever going to rate out super well, but finds a way to get it done on courses where you really have to navigate and play smart. Short game is there for him. The putter can get hot. And by the way, his finishing positions kind of prove that he's he's probably a good guy here. I mean, I think he's got like two top 20s over his last three attempts here. So that's pretty impressive for a guy that's 7,500. I don't know that I was going to get around to him in, in defense of what Spencer was saying, but I definitely think he's a course fit here for sure. All right. It. Taylor Gooch and Cam Smith. So man, I, I really wish I had an opportunity to take Roy McElroy here, but we're going to test the theory on this next one. So I, I was, I was in between two guys. And now I'm still in between two guys, because I'm looking at finishing positions at this tournament, and I'm I'm starting to get a little shaky. But we're going to test something out here. I'm going to go for some upside. It's an unconventional pick, and you'll, you'll understand why I'm saying this in a second. But this guy, he's typically thought of as a scorer, but he's got the all-around game that I'm looking for, including the short game, the putter game that I'm looking for. And we've seen very recently how good he is with the ball striking. I'm going with the guy... Who just won last week? I'm taking Spencer's guy from him because apparently Spencer thinks he's trash now. Give me Scotty Scheffler at 9,200. I know everybody just like glosses over the guy who just won, but this guy's, listen, this guy's going to win a lot of tournaments. Is he going to win back to back? I'm not really sure. Is he going to pay off his 9,200 price tag? I'm still not sure. But I think there's some value there, especially from an ownership standpoint, because I think a lot of people just don't want to play him this week.
0: I think that makes sense. Yeah, a lot of people don't like playing someone after they win the you know, hard division back to back, but like you said, he doesn't have to win. If he gets you a top five or ten, that that's definitely hitting value for you. So, I like that pick as well. Um, all right, I think uh, I know. I'm going. My first pick is definitely going to be Adam Hadwin. I love the way he's playing. Um, his ball striking for him has been way up, and if he's continuing that hot streak, this is a course that he likes. Uh, This, of course, he has a pretty good history at. So I want to ride some of his kind of history momentum with his current hot form. I love Adam Hadwin's play. And this is not a guy I normally like. It's kind of a strictly I like what I've seen recently, and I want to stick with it. So I'm going to go there first. Still keeping me in in my salary range I need to be in. Now the second pick I'm going to take, I'm pretty convinced of who I'm going to take. It's a riskier one. He's got a really pretty solid history here, but he's not a big guy. I know Sia likes this guy. It's going to be James Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um he's got you know his history here is really strong. I mean if I look back at his last four outings 15 13 14 and 28. So at a golfer for 6500 it's hard to ask for much better history, especially recent history. His current form is concerning considering his last four tries he's missed the last four cuts, which is definitely a concern but if you actually if you take a deeper look at the actual ball striking numbers um, they're not bad. I mean, in in two tournaments in January, he's gaining strokes on approach. He's gaining strokes um, around the green. So, you know, he's going to need to make some putts this week. But I think a lot kind of is pointing in the right direction for someone I need to dive down to 6,500 for.
1: All right. So is it already back to me? Oh, man. That's not great. Okay. So how much do I what, – what's my average left here? 7,900. All right, I think I'm gonna go low here. I, you know, I kind of want to take one of the suggestions from the chat because I like this guy quite a bit too. And they're gonna think I'm stealing from him again. <laughs> I, I know that's what they're gonna think, but like, if you, if you watched a show I did yesterday, you know I was on this guy. So I think I have. He, he doesn't have any course experience here. I think that's what's kind of holding me back here. But man, I think he's made. Se- yeah, he's made seven out of the last eight cuts. He frees up some major salary for me. Keep in mind, this is a 119 person field, 65 and ties make the cut. So over 50% of the field makes the cut. So I feel like some of these six K guys with upside definitely are more in play this week rather than your regular, you know, full field week. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Aaron Rye, who again has made seven out of his last eight cuts. Doesn't have any experience here, which does worry me quite a bit, but I'm clearly going with kind of a boomer bust approach here. So I don't mind adding him in to the mix. I like that. So- sorry, audience, by the way. <laughs> Who- oh, it's on the audience. Okay.
0: Oh, the audience is up. That is correct. Audience, nominations. So to avoid confusion, um, we will start. Nominations at when your pick is up, so we don't have to see if it counts, and then we'll see who that gets double. So,
1: um... <laughs> that's twice from CSS, says Jesse. Good news is the Doctor yeah. Deep does doesn't even like Aaron Rye, so there. It looks like Patrick Rogers got nominated like four times. Yep, yeah, Patrick Rogers is that pick. I think it's a
0: good pick. He's he's on my. I have a queue of guys that I'm considering my next pick. He's in my queue, so I think it's good. We're all kind of thinking about the same guys. I think that that's a solid pick. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The only, the only thing I would say about Patrick Rogers, he's going to be very, very popular this week. He's looking like he's going to be about 10% owned, but, um, I think this is a perfect course for him. I don't think you could draw up a better course for Patrick Rogers. So Mm -hmm. I don't have any real, you know, bones to pick based off of that.
1: You do have two golfers to pick. However, how about do for professional transition?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was very smooth. Um, With the first one, this is somebody I was considering at the 301. So I'm really happy he fell back to me. But uh, here's a golfer that has gained or been par or better in his last 21 rounds. I think that the form is in the right direction. I think we've seen this guy from a DFS perspective go under-owned most of these weeks because the course history hasn't exactly been brilliant from him. And we see him keep producing over and over again. But I am going to go see Woo Kim at 7,300 for my first pick.
1: I did not see that coming. I did not see Woo that coming. Seriously.
2: (laughs) After that, it's going to get uh, tricky here.
1: So you have what is that already computed? 7,300 remaining for your last two? Yes. Okay.
2: So I'm trying to play around with some of these uh, prices here to see who's who I'm left with if I go certain routes with it. Um, oh, I don't know what to do right now. Does the audience want to give me a suggestion so I can steal like Sia does? <laughs>
1: That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, they're putting suggestions in there. Oh, so there's one in there that I think is pretty popular that you could take. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Um... Oh man, the audience is going to hate me. Oh my God. The <laughs> audience is gonna... So sorry, Spencer, go ahead. They... Oh wait, actually they get to pick next. Darn. They're going to take my guy. Okay. Spencer. Sorry.
2: I don't know if that's what I'm going to do now. Um... Oh, okay. You're
1: on the clock. You got four seconds.
2: Can I time out? Didn't like the Minnesota Vikings or like the Atlanta Falcons time out in like 2000 and they never made a pick and it just kept passing them over and over again. <laughs> All right, here's what I'm going to do and this is what I did not want to do, but I kind of am stuck right now with the pick to make here. So, I'm going to take a golfer in the $6,000 range. This will open things up and I will be able to f- figure this out and fill it out with I mean, there's four or five guys that I would be fine with based off of that. I don't want to make a pick and then get myself stuck here and not be able to round this out correctly. So uh, I'm going to take a guy that's made eight cuts in a row. I don't know if I necessarily love certain aspects of his game. He is one of my high climbers from an upside perspective. My model likes him because he's only 3% owned. So, um, you know, eight cuts in a row means something at 6,500. Maybe he can continue it. I'm going to take Doug Gim. Hmm.
1: I was going to take him. In all seriousness, I was going to take him when I took Aaron Rye. It was between those two. And he at least has some experience on this course. Even though he missed the cut, at least he he's, he's been here before. Yeah.
0: I like way his, his form is in good shape. I mean, he was playing exactly. really well last week.
1: And remember him from last year. There was a time where Doug Gim was not only contending in tournaments, but pretty consistently so. And it was really the putter and the short game that got in the way. But, no, I absolutely think he can flash. I, I, I like that pick quite a bit.
2: Yeah, he's better on a fast POA than he is in a, as a putter in general. So maybe he can, you know, make that mean something on these greens.
1: So are we on the audience now? The audience so, is on the clock and
0: it looks like the pick is in. Uh, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like their pick is Scott, Adam Scott.
1: Oh my gosh. How did Isaiah know that that's who I wanted to take? That's crazy. I don't know how he knew that. I absolutely love that pick and I'm sorry I didn't take it a pick earlier i think that is an absolute steal i think he's in really good form finishing positions have looked good the metrics have looked pretty good for uh, for adam scott but yeah he's making cuts and he loves it here his history here is fantastic i think this is a this is a great pick uh, for for any lineup let alone uh this format
2: yeah i agree
1: dang here we got some uh some stats from Steven, plus 28 in strokes gain over his last 50 on Poe. That's interesting. That's good to know. Um, All right. So darn, it's on me, man. I I really was kind of dead set on on, um, Adam Scott. So now I really have to pivot. I have a guy I have in mind that's going to free up quite a bit of money, and he's super high risk, but he's trending in a direction that I don't think a lot of people realize. When it comes to his around the green game. Now, if you look at this guy's met, and this is the problem with modeling, by the way, sometimes, and Spencer, that's, that's not a shot at you. But if you go back like the last like 36 rounds, and you look at Lonto Griffin's around the green game, it's pretty much garbage. But then if you narrow it, and you just look at his tournaments over the last like three or four or five or since the turn of the, the calendar year. He's starting to gain. Now that might just be like a random spike and he might just like crash back down to earth at a game where he really is going to need to rely on that around the green game. Or the alternative is he's kind of turned things around. He put the practice in and that's not going to be a bump in the road for him anymore. So Lonto has been playing really well and I like his finishing positions in general. His finishing positions here on this track have been, you know, okay, not great, but I like the way he's trending and I like that he's only 7,200. So it's risky. Um, but I've clearly played with some risk here in terms of my style of drafting with Lanto, Aaron Rye, and uh, I don't want to call Taylor Gooch risky, but an unorthodox first round pick. So give me Lanto and let's see what I can do with the leftover cash.
2: Yeah, I know Nick liked Lanto too when we talked about it on the Better Golf Pod. That was one of his top 40 plays, I believe. So he's in agreement with you on that too.
1: Perfect. Love that. Check out the Better Golf Pod, by the way. It's probably already in your feed. It's such a good show. How long was it this week, Spencer?
2: Uh, About an hour.
1: Gotcha. Love it.
0: All right. Well, it puts me back on the clock. I have two picks to wrap up this draft. I'm pretty sold on my first. So with my first, I'm going to go with Harold Varner. Um, I love the way he's been playing as of recently. His recent form is really strong. He's been gaining on approach each of the last four tournaments. And he's also been gaining – I'm around the green, which is big for him. So my concern with him is about well, his putting, uh, but he's not typically known to be a bad putter, so I think that's something that he's gonna fix and turn around and it's almost like you know eventually he's due if he has, hits a bunch of punts this week, I think he can compete. So at 7100, I think I'm getting a good value there. And then to round out my squad with a in the 7k range, my final pick, it's someone who's cooled off a bit of late, um, but I think there's enough there where I still like him. I still think um, he's worth looking at at 7K flat, and that's Jonathan Vegas. Hmm.
1: All right. Certainly got the ball striking in your corner there.
0: <laughs> As you know, Sam, so yeah, ball striking is the one thing you could always fall back on. It's like, you know, when in doubt, ball striking I think is the most <laughs> consistent factor. So I'm sitting here struggling on who to pick them. Let me just take the best ball strikers.
1: Okay, so I'm in a I'm in a weird spot here because if this was like a conventional draft where I was just drafting my own team, I just want the audience to know that I probably wouldn't be going with this guy. I'd be drafting with 10,100 left. I would definitely be taking Rory here, who is obviously not on my team. I actually like Rory better than Xander for whatever that's worth. However, Rory has been picked. So now I'm kind of looking at the top of the list and I know I'm going to have to leave some some money on the table because all of these guys have been drafted other than the closest thing to 10,100. In other words, the closest thing that's affordable is Victor Hovland. I don't want to take Victor Hovland. I'm a little, I'm just a little, I think his game is fine. The ball striking is great. I, I'm just a little worried about the around the green game and I'm looking at his history here. Not that he'd have an extensive history, being a young golfer, fifth last year. That's pretty impressive. But you know what? I'm going to go with a guy that I keep saying is just always disrespected. He's just always a guy that people just kind of don't want to take. They don't consider him elite. And I think he is elite. And he's coming off really good form. He won at the Sony, eighth at the Waste Management, Missed cut in 2021 here, but fifth and ninth the two times before. Yeah, and Joel's already typed it in. It's Hideki Matsuyama. Now, I'm leaving... 800 on the table, which is exactly what I left on the table last week. That wasn't purposeful. I don't think I need to leave 800 to be different in this tournament. Um, With that said, that's just sort of how the chips fell. If I could have done it again, I think I probably would have gone Taylor Gooch and then Rory and then just seen what I could, could have done from there. And I probably would have been closer to the 50K. But I'm absolutely okay with this lineup.
0: I think it's a solid pick. I got to give credit to Spencer for being able to read
1: your mind on who the pick was. It wasn't me, but Spence was able to predict. It was oh. A- <laughs> oh, oh, he typed it in. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Excellent.
0: All right. Audience, you are on the clock with your final pick. Keep in mind, you got to be 7,900 or less. So uh, you got to stay by the rules. We will have to ban your picks, but your first nomination leash does count. Do we have a second? There it is. Courtney. Lock it in. Leishman, the audience's final back. I, I think you guys picked a really good squad here. I think, uh, you know, you did a good job with guys who can win the tournament with, with also some consistency. I think you got cut makers. I, I like the audience, Steve.
2: Yeah, and the Kikuya grass thing is a real Australian type of grass there. So Scott mm-hmm. and Leishman are going to have experience. It's why they've been good at this course. Uh Dustin and Rory, I mean, if you would have – it's funny because if you would have said – I don't know, two years ago that you could start a lineup with Dustin and Rory and you'd still be able to build a team with Scott and Leishman and all those yeah. players. I think you would think you were crazy at that point. I mean, those were two guys that were going to be as close to $12,000 as possible. So if their form's turning around entering this year, and I kind of believe it is for both of them, it's a really strong, high upside team.
1: I think it's a great team. I, I really think it's a great team. That team, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that cashes.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's strong from top to bottom. Um, I guess I will wrap us up here. Uh, I'm going to leave a little bit of money on the table also. Um, I think the Leishman pick is good. He was somebody I was considering, but the guy that I really was hoping would fall back to me and the Doug Gim pick worries me a little bit. Like that's the one part of my lineup that I have the most concerns with, um, with it. But I really like my other five players once I make this pick here. I am going to take Joaquin Neiman at, I believe, what is that? $7,800. Yeah, $7, yes. $7,800. He's a value for me uh, when looking at it from betting DK uh, at 8% ownership. I have him as a value. I think for other alternatives that you could have considered here, I think Kevin Na makes sense. I think Paul Casey would make a lot of sense. Uh, if you want to get a little contrarian with it Also, So those three were probably the three that I was most realistically going to take, or Uh, I would have liked Taylor Gooch if he would have been an option for me at $8,000 if I was wrapping this up in a potentially a different way with the full board up for grabs on me. And uh, just to throw it out there, I think my favorite start to a lineup, if I had the whole board open, might be Xander and Dustin this week. I think that that's a super strong way to start a lineup.
1: That's great. Uh, I I love that. And I want to point out – The one guy that didn't get picked that I really wish I had on my team, it just didn't work out that way. I do like Max Homa this week. Um, He's in great form. Cali golf, he's obviously very comfortable with. Um, Returning champ here, I I just think think Max Homa is a pretty great value at 8,300. So I wanted to just point that out. Not only is he returning champ, but the year before that, he was fifth. And then 37th the year before that. He clearly loves it here. I, I like that. I think we can add
0: this as a segment. The one guy we think I missed on in the draft, I have one as well who has been playing really well over the last couple of weeks. He's in just it's a really recent form thing, but I like what I'm seeing from Tom Hoke. Uh, he's been gaining mm-hmm. a ton of strokes on the field. I couldn't take him because I strapped myself with my first two picks salary wise. But if I uh, if I went a different route early and I had more salary, I think I definitely would have, would have added hope to my team. Yeah,
2: yes, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think there's a lot of players in the $7,000 range that I, that I wish would have been taken. Like Paul Casey, as I mentioned, was one of them. I don't have a problem with Henley. I think that he makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kevin, nah I mean, these are names I'm kind of just reiterating over and over again with it, but um, the one guy for me that I would have really liked to have seen drafted. And I think he's a great GPP play because he's going to be 5% owned probably is Jordan Speeth. I think yeah. this is the perfect venue for him to find success. And um, when I started Xander and Thomas, like there was no way I could get myself up to Spieth in that capacity. But I think he makes a whole ton of sense.
1: So just so you know, my plan was to take Adam Scott, which would have left me with 9,100 and I was going to take Speeth. I, I think, uh, and I'm not a Spieth guy, but on a course like this, which, yeah. which relies on just kind of being a smart player and navigating a course and you know having the full game, I, I really like Spieth on this one. I think he's a great value at 8,900.
2: Yeah, I think he's a value in all markets. I think that 40 to one price tag is even intriguing in the outright market. And I didn't get there either, unfortunately, but uh, I think there's a lot of ways you can play him this week.
1: Mm-hmm. And it sounds, it looks like uh, Luke List is a pretty popular guy um, with the audience as well. And it, there's good reason for that. And honestly, you know, I, I wonder how popular he's going to be he, he made the cut last week, but he was 53rd. He was pretty underwhelming on Saturday and Sunday. So I, I'd, I'd love to see where his ownership is, but he certainly has the upside. So I, I think Luke List is a great play.
2: I'm seeing 14.5% right now okay. on him. Gotcha. So, all right. Well, I, that was, that's a
0: wrap for the draft. Um, I think we all have some pretty solid teams. Um, you know, Let us know if you, if you have a favorite lineup, which one you like, drop it in the chat fun to talk about we'll come back next week and crown the winner as always um the draft cast League coming out on dk that's a that's good. a great
1: that's a great question uh we'll 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 do that it might not be like next week but we'll figure out how we how we uh we can do that shouldn't be hard um yeah you guys could create a could have lineup also uh yeah this is great participation but joel we're not even we're not even close to done because all the money that people are going to win from the first round leaders and outright picks that's where we're at right that is where we're at
0: that is listen we are on fire and when i say we i mean sia is on fire he has been hitting first round leader after first round leader um at this point it's kind of like if you don't put every dollar you have possible on the first round leader bet it's kind of like questioning your financial making abilities right like what are you doing right so um Let's dive right into it. Before we go to first, we'll start in the outright market. Spence, you want to kick us off? Who are you looking at in the outright market?
1: Where Spencer's yeah. been kind of killing it, though. Like Spencer's been hitting. I've hit one outright over the last five weeks in terms of like
2: the outright outright. And I think Spencer's. you've hit two, right? I've hit one since the start of the season, but yeah. uh, I've hit 11 over the course of like a 25 or 27 tournament span or whatever it's been. Like I got super hot at the end of last year with it.
0: At this point, I just expect you to pick the winner every week. So if you don't, it's kind of like, well, how come you didn't tell me who won the tournament before it started?
2: Well, that's, we need to get to that point where, like, it's a shoe and, like, see as first round leaders are at this point. But uh, I have a really bulky uh, outright card this week. And, you know, it's one of the things that I always mention. It's tough to time these markets correctly with the show and and the bets when they come out. But I have five this week. Uh, Siwoo Kim, 90 to one. Really like that price. I believe you can still find that on DraftKings if you look around. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, seventy-five to one. That number has been free falling. That is one of the sharper moves in the offshore books. Seamus Power, eighty to one. And then the two that I believe you should be able to find one is at William Hill. The second one's at William Hill, and the first one is at most of the, the non-Fanduel or DraftKings books. But first one's Justin Thomas, sixteen to one, and the second one is Xander Shoffley. 25 to one. I'm going to trust my model this week with him being the number one player. And just to throw it out there, um, because I alluded to it and didn't bring it up. So last year, the only time or the last time a player graded number one on an upside perspective in a tournament with Rom, when Rom was in the tournament uh, was Justin Thomas at the players championship and he won the players championship that week. So I'm hoping that that means something for Xander at this tournament
0: i like it i like it i'll go for mine for my outright ticket i don't think this guy's actually going to win the tournament because of recent form but he certainly has the upside and 200 to one is just disrespectful for him so i'm gonna maybe put a small little little uh hail mary bet on Mito Pereira at 200 to one listen he has the upside to win a tournament he has form hasn't been great um that's why the odds are so long but most of the guys that are here, comparative to him in that range, just can't win this tournament. They're just not that good. He is good enough to do it. He's got to put it all together this week. But uh, for if you want to look for a two hundred to one shot, I think that's the best route. In the more realistic realm of guys who I think you know can actually compete this week, I do like my own draft pick, uh, Adam Hadwin at one hundred thirty to one. I think he's been really striking the ball well. I think this course does suit him well, so I think it's a pretty solid number on him. And then uh, my last outright play will be um the more realistic i, I like sung Jay him at 40 to 1 i think it's a good number uh i know he went undrafted in our draft but uh he has an, an all-around game where if he puts it together i think he can compete to win the tournament.
1: yeah i sung jay's the, the thing that caught me with sung jay is his history here which is you know with a couple of miscuts recently had me kind of second guessing it but i mean you'd think he'd fit in pretty well here and we did have a comment on hovland um earlier and then this is the latest comment which i haven't read yet but yeah, finished top five. I, I think Laurent was just surprised that Hovland didn't get drafted. i have considered drafting him, but again, I'm, I'm trying to find reasons, especially in, a, in such a loaded field, I'm trying to find reasons to exclude people, and I just don't think he's confident enough in his short game for me to be confident in, in playing him. So um, that's, that's the deal there. Is it on me for outrights? Yes, it is. All right, so I only have four. I'm probably going to give you six first-round leaders because apparently that's um, those are automatic somehow. Um, I'll give you four and they're kind of shorter odds, so they're not super fun, but I, I think these guys all can win the tournament. Uh, Roy McElroy at 22 to one. I think there's some value at that number. Uh, Cam Smith at 22 to one. actually don't love that number. I think that should be like 25 to one. I don't think he should be on the same level as Roy, as much as I love Cam Smith, but I still like it enough to, to probably play it. Cause I'm just a big Cam Smith fan. He's won me a lot of money in the past. The slightly longer odds, Taylor Gooch at 40 to one. And give me Max Homa uh, again at 50 to one. I just think Max Homa is so comfortable here and he's proven that not just last year, but the year prior. Oh, and by the way, he's in great form. I think 50 to one's a good enough number to, to speculate on Max.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, here's where we make our real money. Of course, the first round leader, these ones are you know obvious picks. They're pretty easy to get. So uh, we'll start with Spence. You look in the first round leader market?
2: Well, I've been deferring the floor every single week to Sia, and every single week that I do it, Sia seems to win. Uh, I have to be honest, I've won so much money off of Sia's plays, I think I'm still counting all the money that I've won, which (laughs) didn't allow me to get to the first-round leader this week. So uh, I'm going to defer the floor once again to Sia because that seems to be where all the money is going to be made.
0: I like that strategy. I'm going to give one play, and I'm going to defer to Sia as well because I think you're right. I think – that's the way to go here. The one play I like is um, Hal Varner at 80 to 1. I think he can pop for a day for sure. So, someone I'll be looking at just 80 to 1 is a pretty solid number there. But, see, you tell us, how, where are we making money this week?
1: All right. So, here's what I'm going to do I have six plays, but because you both deferred, I'm going to give one of you, I'm going to give, like, it's as if I have seven plays. I'm going to give Spencer, I gave you a play last week, which I don't think. Uh, hit, of course, because it, w- it was one of mine. But Cam Smith at 30 to one. It's super boring. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm just unloading like that it. one on you. I'll take it. Cam Smith at 30 to one. I am still i still remember when Cam Smith broke my heart with a first round leader win when I had Stuart sink. This was like last year at some point in the early part of the season. He definitely has a first round leader prowess. So I'm going to give six first round leaders. I only gave four outright winners. So I'll give it. I normally just give five first round leaders, but I'll give six this time. Um, what's funny, though, is normally the breaking news that I've been giving which of course is like the super lock first round leader, whoever I give for the breaking news the last couple of weeks is like completely crashed and burned. But it's one of my other ones that have ended up winning. And I got a private message from a few people who actually hit TPC last week. But then another guy who was like, yeah, I just went with your breaking news guy and I didn't play any of the, any of the other ones, which I totally get because I kind of sell the breaking news. So, you know, take the breaking news with a grain of salt, play all the plays, put just a, you know a couple bucks on each and have some fun with it. All right, so let's get started. Uh, Cam Smith belongs to Spencer. We're going to go Seamus Power at 55 to 1. Max Homa at 50 to 1. So I probably should have started there. So Max Homa, Seamus Power, both in the 50s ish to 1. Luke List, 65 to 1. Aaron Rye, which I hesitate a little bit because he doesn't have course experience here, but I still think he's great at 100 to 1. Doug Gim at 130 to 1. So that's Five first-round leaders right there. I'll just recap real quick. It's Max Homa, Seamus Power, Luke List, Aaron Rye, Doug Gim. But here's the breaking news, folks. This is the news that's going to win you all the money on Thursday afternoon. The guy who actually is my one-and-done on the first cut. I I misspoke earlier. I said it was Rory. It's this guy. He is a very contrarian one-and-done pick. He is going to be your first-round leader. It's none other than a guy who's been playing very well and who has played very well on this track at 45 to one. I, I'm sorry if you wanted it longer. 80 to one was last week. I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic at 45 to one. Your first round leader is Taylor Gooch. You're welcome, everyone.
0: I like it. I like it. That's a wrap. I mean, that's obviously a lock. I can't actually can envision another scenario coming to fruition. So uh, I'm going to be basically taking a mortgage gun on my home, betting Taylor Goose should be the first round leader. Um, I don't really, you know, that's a pretty obvious pick. I can't believe that you're getting plus money for it, too. That's bizarre.
1: Well, that's, you know, what's funny is I thought, well, maybe there's an injury because you're right. It should be like minus 130, minus 135. So I actually looked into it. Taylor Gooch has not been unless they're not disclosing it. I mean, you know how the books are like sometimes they just like they don't disclose the information. So you put what you think is, you know, a value bet. You put some money on it. But no, as far as I can tell, Taylor Gooch is is perfectly healthy. So I I don't really get the number, but I mean, I'm going to take it. Jump on it now before the DraftKings realizes
0: the mistake they made and, and it changes.
1: The question is, if you're betting offshore, do they respect the bet? Because they might have made a, mis- a clerical error, and then here you are taking advantage of it, and then they like, they lock your account or something. So that's the risk you take if you're going offshore. But I think DraftKings and Caesars and FanDuel, I think they'll probably respect the clerical error. So just something to look out for. Don't make it obvious. So, okay, so if you're betting offshore at 45 to 1, don't put, like, all of your money on Taylor Gooch because I think the alarm bells will will be set off. So put, like, 1,000 on it or, like, 2,000, 3,000. Don't put, like, you know, 10 grand on Taylor Gooch. That would be... I mean, it'd be pretty irresponsible.
2: Well, or just, not, not just on bet one it site. every. Sorry, Joel, you can go.
0: I was just saying, just not on one site. You can bet ten thousand, just spread it out over multiple sites, so it's not all oh. not obvious. It's... Right.
2: No, that's but, true. That's essentially what I was going to say too. Or you can just like bet it every twenty or thirty minutes. I found that when you do that on errors, they're more likely to pay you than if you just hit them all at once. Smart.
0: Smart. So, so for the for the folks who may be new to the show, and this is the last. I'm going to do this. So don't expect to hear this again. This obviously we're having fun. Don't actually bet thousands of dollars on a first round leader bet. That's incredibly irresponsible. (laughs) It's not something I would ever suggest that you do. A couple dollars on first round leader bets. But every week we're going to come back and recommend that you spend all your money because in fairness, when it actually does hit, you're going to actually look back at me saying, why would you tell me not to put all my money on it? You
1: told me who was going to win and you won. And I mean, if we're being honest, since the turn of the calendar year we're hitting it at a 60% rate so So it's kind of like I don't know maybe you should but no you shouldn't you totally shouldn't but I don't know you know maybe no seriously don't don't do that so thank you for the disclaimer Joel we don't want to get in trouble with anybody but yes I don't know you might want to just consider it that's all I'm saying
0: just 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 keep in mind the record and then make a financial decision on your own from from the record knowing that we wake it right every time So. so with that being said uh, that is a wrap for the DraftCast. It's official. The DraftCast is the new name of the show. Check out the logo. Before you leave tonight, smash that like button. Give us a follow on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. it really goes a long way. It really helps. If you like the show, take five seconds out of your day. Give us a follow. Um Anything else that I'm missing for tonight?
1: Two things, actually, Joel. I'm so happy you asked. Because normally, you know, you just we just cut off the show. And we don't (laughs) end with anything that is the same thing every single time. So here's the thing. Everybody who's still listening, uh, some people kind of drop off. But, like, I hope you're still listening. Because I just want to remind you, next week there's going to be some giveaways. If you are already a member of Wind Daily Sports, which, frankly, you should be, We'll we'll give different types of giveaways for those people, but people who are not members can come here and actually get a three-month gold membership. I'll do some exclusive like Venmo giveaways for entries into tournaments next week. I'll do a couple of those so that we have like a, a few things and then we have some swag too, some like win daily hats and things of that nature. And we're likely to have a very special guest next week and the week following. So everybody. Definitely join us next week and tell some friends to join us next week. We want to get this audience participation thing like absolutely out of control and crazy. Don't worry. All your voices will still be heard or read, Um, but definitely join us next week, uh, Tuesday night at eight o'clock. And then really the only other thing is sports.